welcome to the first ever podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Bolm. If this is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences and their art form that led them to where they are today. My guest this week is Laura Stevenson. She has a brand new record. It's self-titled coming out August 6th on Don Giovanni Records, which you can pre-order now. And if you have not heard the first single, it's called State, and it is absolutely awesome. As soon as I heard it, I said to myself, I got to pre-order that record and I got to talk to Laura. And um, her and I have never met before. We never talked. And we have a million mutual friends. So this was a very fun and uh, exciting conversation to have. Uh, Let's give a shout out to some sponsors, huh? Rootless Coffee. Rootless Coffee is a small batch roaster out of Flint, Michigan making high-end coffee with bags designed by some of the comic industry's rising stars, collaborating with artists, bands, brands, nonprofits, wrestlers, comedians, and more, Rootless is the punk rock gateway to craft coffee. Easy to understand and delicious roast options. Listeners get 20% off their order using the code HARDTIMES at checkout when they visit rootlesscoffee.com. Any size, any grind, any time break free from boring i don't know if you caught the news but the show has a new sponsor discovered magazine discovered is a international print counterculture magazine encompassing the best of music art skateboarding and anything with a punk ethos you can get 10 percent off a yearly subscription using the code first ever when you visit store.dscvrd Co. All right, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, the old Patreon. You can head on over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon now, and you can hear the bonus content where subscribers were able to ask Laura a couple questions, and you can hear her answers now. That's just one of the many things that come with subscribing to that Patreon. If you've noticed, I do these radio episodes every two weeks here. Well, if you enjoy those, you can get one every Sunday. So you get an extra two a month. Plus, like I said, a lot of other things. Head on over to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. The last shout out that I want to give is to my wonderful editor, Tim Crisp. He actually did a seven part series with Laura Stevenson about her second record, Sit Resist. And uh, you can listen to it now. It's called Life's Work, a podcast about Laura Stevenson's Sit Resist. You know, as soon as I'm done with an episode, I always think, should I have like mentioned that my band Touche Amore is touring with Thrice and those tickets are on sale? That's a thing that's happening. We're touring with them in uh, September and October. It's our first tour off of uh, our last record, Lament. It's very exciting. I, uh, I hope you can make it out. It's a U.S. tour. And what else? Uh, I have a new poetry book. It's called November, and you can get that over at secretvoice.bigcartel.com. All right, on with the show. Here is my wonderful conversation with Laura Stevenson. Enjoy. Uh, Laura, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. This is, uh, this is nice. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. So, yeah, we. Uh, it's funny, we have so many mutual friends, but I don't think you and I have ever actually met i mean like chris farron is someone i've known for so so long um and obviously dan ozzy and tim so yeah this is this is great yeah all all good buds of mine so yeah any friend of theirs is a friend of mine so you're my friend (laughs) all right awesome do you uh have you visited have you been out here since dan has lived out here no i haven't uh when did he move he moved like right before the pandemic kind of uh, i think maybe just a little bit before yeah but uh he because okay. he he lives literally like a block and a half up from me so it's oh, nice. wait, oh wait, yes wait actually no i have i have been here since then uh because yeah no 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 he was there for like a while right because yeah. I, I hung out with him at a show yeah he and my friend erica long-time friend, and then uh, Kyle Kinane were, like, the three stragglers at the end of a show, and it was, like, such a strange little group of people, and, like, so we were, like, packing up, and just, like, these three people from my life, different p- parts of my life were just, like, 
having a nice night together. It was really nice. But yeah, no, Dan, I, I did hang out with him. Yes. I'm just like, everything is such a blur. Yes. Uh, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> the last I, time I was in L.A. I feel like last, I mean, last year completely has thrown everybody's time schedule or where they were or what they've done for a loop. Like, I, it's yeah. 20, it still feels like 2019 was last year. Like, when I think about, like, things that were done, it's crazy. It's, it's so crazy. Um, so I don't know how much you know about this, uh, about the show, but it's all about, like, first experiences and, and, uh, and things that led you to where you are today. So uh, whenever I talk to a musician, the first question I usually ask is... Uh, like, what was the first music that you remember connecting with, like, as a young person? Um, my dad, uh, my dad directed me towards Graham Parsons, and when I was, like, a senior in high school, I started getting, like, really into it, and, like, it was kind of something that, like, none of my friends were really into. My friends were all into punk rock, and, like, that was kind of, like, the thing that was mine, but it wasn't, like, wholly mine, because it would, you know, like, that was just, like, what all my friends were into, um... And I was into it too, of course, but like, yeah, I think like Graham Parsons was like a, my little secret. And so I was like, oh, this is a special, this is a special thing. And that was kind of like the first music that I kind of like nerded out on, like in a solitary way. <laughs> sure. And it's kind of cool that it's like something that you are also sharing, like with a parent, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. He like, he, he was always trying to like, he told me about Wilco when I was in high school and I was like, okay, dad, like, cool. Like, I don't care. And then like, now I'm like, I love Wilco, obviously. Um, but like, he was like, Neil Young's cool. And I was like, yeah, he's all right. But then like, I got into Neil Young, you know, like later in life. But like, these were, those were the things that were kind of like, like pushed in my direction that I was just like, all right, on my own time. But like, Grand Parsons, I was just like, I don't know why I, I just like really, it, it, it just like connected with me. Like, sure. Right away, and I was like, Something about his voice, you know, so, like, vulnerable and just a di- very different voice than I had, like, ever heard. So I was like, all right, I like this. <laughs> no, I, I get it completely. Yeah, uh, it's kind of it's kind of a reoccurring theme on here, but the amount of things that, like, maybe your parents introduced you to when you're young and then once you get older, you come around to it, you're like, oh, man, this was actually really good. <laughs> like, or, or those things just kind of feel like home all of a sudden where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, like... Uh, yeah. There was like a ton of country music in my house growing up that I had no, no interest in. And then as I came, got older, it's like, oh, wait, no, Patsy Cline is actually fantastic. What, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. It takes it takes time to appreciate the things that were like kind of force fed, you know, like, yeah, you're like, oh, actually, I like the taste of this. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, what uh, did you were did your ta- uh, did your pops like take you to concerts at all when you were young or? Oh my yeah. god, yes. All the time. What were some All what were some time. of those early concerts you saw? <sighs> a lot of Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia band, okay. Neil Young. Um, wow. those were like, yeah, Eric Clapton, which I was just like, ugh, and I'm still kinda ugh about Eric Clapton, but like you know, everything else, I'm just like, This is fucking sick. I saw Roy Orbison when I was a little kid. Like Damn. I just like I saw cool shit. Yeah, <laughs> like are, I didn't realize how cool it was. <laughs> are you like, are, are you like, like four or five, or are you like at an age where you can kind of where you actually have these memories of like being at the concert? It's all like very, very vague. So like, yeah, I was little. I mean, it like it went throughout my childhood, but like the stuff that happened when I was really little, like it's just bits and pieces. Like I remember like getting my hair stuck in the wax earplugs. You know, like my hair would always be stuck in them, and then like also. I do have an early memory, uh, did I say memory? I have an early, <laughs> early memory of, uh, like, the spinners at, like, a Grateful Dead show. It was a Grateful Dead or Jerry Garcia band or, like, whatever, one of those, like, um, kind of dead affiliate bands. And, uh, yeah, there was just, like, people, like, dancing. And then, like, they, we saw the same people sitting in, like, kind of, like, the lobby of the arena um, in a circle like passing a water jug around in a circle and like and everybody was like giving each other like there were just like apples and they were like handing apples out and so my dad like we sat down with them and I like drank out of this like communal water jug which (laughs) got like through the eyes of COVID as a parent I'm like fuck that shit but like so and I felt like so cool like it felt like I was like an adult like everybody kind of like treated me like I wasn't like a little kid it was really nice but they were probably all stoned out of their minds you know but like (laughs) at least sure Um, so yeah 
but uh, it was that was special. <laughs> where do you sit with the Grateful Dead now? Because look, the Grateful Dead when I was growing up it was always like the the joke hippie thing that whatever as like a punk kid like no effects made fun of jerry garcia so i was like well i don't know whatever but it's but i feel like as everybody is now maybe getting in their 30s or in their 40s they're like yo the grateful dead's sick but they have such a huge catalog can you a are you a fan now and b can you tell me where to start i am only a fan of like american beauty because like that's the only record that i like will sit down and listen to but i know all the hooks from like everything i just don't know where they exist in their cattle you know what i mean because i was so exposed to it my dad was always playing it but like american beauty is like the only record that like mike my husband and i will like put on and i'm like oh yeah this is fucking great but like okay yeah i i went and saw (laughs) i was living in a in a hippie town in the hudson valley and they had like a i forget the name of the band but it was so funny all grateful dead cover bands have such funny names (laughs) but um they had like a it was like it was like music on the creek night and so they always had this like grateful dead cover band and i could hear it from my house and i would just hear the choruses and, be, and start singing along and just being like i know this song like i know these songs so yeah i wouldn't even be able to tell you where to start other than american beauty because i love that record specifically and that's the one that i'll be like grateful dead put it on okay but like everything else is like working man's dead i feel like i've i've like actively listened to only a few times in my life. But yeah, I really appreciate that band now. But I was very um, turned off by uh, jamming as a child. You know, like I just wanted... You just want the song. The chorus, yes. you know? <laughs> exactly. I just want the fucking hook. That's why I write songs sometimes that are like a minute and a half long now. Because I'm just like, I'm tired of this bullshit. But, um, but like, I can appreciate the musicianship, but, like, I'm really not... That's just not where my head's at, and it's still not where my head's at. But, like, those those choruses are truly fantastic. They're beautiful I, melody writing. Uh, I don't know if you ever cared or listened to, uh, to that band, the Mars Volta, but I remember when they kind of started, people were telling me, like, yeah, you can go see them live. They, they might just even jam for two hours. They might even play a song. And I was like, that sounds like my nightmare, actually. That sounds, that sounds like a really bad time. But, so, uh, yeah, I don't want to see that. Yeah, no. It's like uh, for a band that actually has some pretty good choruses, I, I, they, uh, I think that's what I'm more interested in. Um, yeah, you want to hear songs. Yeah. You want to get like, you know, you want to like really maximize your night out. You know, you want to hear 20 songs. You don't want to hear one very long song yeah but yo i mean at least that's me but on the other side respect to them for being able to pull that off could you imagine like being able to like in your position and and being in a musician's be like to get up on stage and just make up a riff and just for two hours and be like thanks everybody (laughs) (laughs) that's my worst nightmare like whenever anybody starts jamming at practice i'm just like i'm out of (laughs) here I can't, I can't deal with it. Cause like, I'm not, I'm not like proficient at my, my instrument enough to be like, okay, let's like, what keys is it? Or right, let's just do this thing. You know right. what I mean? So like, I just like, it's, it's like, it makes me cringe a and B, I can't participate even in a joking manner. So I'm just like, I gotta leave. Or I could just like, you know, scat over it. Like, <laughs> or you could scat over it. I, I Yeah. I could scat over it, but I choose to just look at my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, at what age did you start playing an instrument? When did that come into your life? Um, Piano, I was really little. So like probably like four or five started piano. Um, And then, you know, was in lessons, I did recitals and yada 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 and I never practiced because like practicing for chumps and so I just like I would like my my teachers would always be so frustrated with me because like they knew that I could like I had like a natural you know ability to play but I was not nurturing it at all because I just didn't I didn't care it was kind of like my mom wanted me to do piano and I was like okay I'm doing piano whatever um chorus I was always in chorus you know in in high school and elementary school and through high school and I was in all the like acapella stuff and so I got really into singing because I didn't have to like you know sight reading you could like I mean it's just one note you know so like it's 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 easier than piano where you're like oh what's happening like you have to like figure out where all your fingers are going on the page um so sight reading I could fake it a little bit better and uh 
whatever. And then I started playing guitar, like, with a, more of, like, a serious um, ambition to actually, like, learn it when I was, like, probably, like, 18. Oh, wow. So, okay, much later in your life. Not like you didn't have, like, the, yeah. the teenage years of, of doing the guitar thing. Okay. Did you play piano, like, no. up through high school and everything? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think I quit lessons when I was in, like, 11th grade. Okay. So I was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. And, like, I just, I hated it. At, at that point, I was, like, I was playing lacrosse because my mom was like, you should play lacrosse. That's that's a good sport for you. And I was like, <laughs> I guess so. And so, like, I was play, I was just doing all this shit that I, like, did not want to do. And then I realized I could just be like, I don't want to do this. And then she'd be like, I guess it's okay. You don't have to. Sure. So that was, like, a big... That was a big uh, aha moment for me. <laughs> You're like, I could have been saying no this whole time. But... <laughs> I just like I just was like doing the shit that she was just like, you know what would look good on your college application if you played lacrosse? And I was like, all right. Right. I don't like the sport and none of the people on the team are very nice to me, but <laughs> sure, I'll do this for four years. <laughs> so I did it like in middle school and, and for half of high school. And I was just like, I don't like Doing this. Yeah, I wonder what yeah. I wonder how big the Venn diagram of of uh, of piano and lacrosse is. You know, I, I have a feeling it's <laughs> it's actually just you in the middle, and that might that might be it. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> so you uh, you're from Long Island originally, though, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Let me tell you, as a California person, this is something that I am wholly embarrassed of. I have such a hard time saying on Long Island, not in Long Island, oh, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's like one of those things. It's like, I know that, that on Long Island is the correct terminology, but I struggle with it so bad. And I know I look so foolish yeah. all the time. Have you had to correct people or is this the first you've heard of this problem? No, no. I, I've, I mean, like I've, I've heard people say in Long Island and I'm just like, oh, that's a person that's not from Long Island. But like, cause like every other Island you're in it, right? Except Long Island. I, you tell me. I have I no know. idea. I have no idea. <laughs> um, did uh, I, I'm actually curious um, if you didn't start playing guitar until a little bit later. I know you played keyboard in for Bomb the Music Industry, right? Was that your first? Yeah. Was that the first band you joined, or did you have any bands before that? No, that was. I mean, I started a band with my sister when I was like seven or eight, called uh, Beef Whiplash. But that we didn't go too far but other than that yeah no it was just it was just bomb like I wanted to be in bands but I wanted to be asked to be in a band you know I didn't want to start a band because I had no confidence um and so I just like I just wanted people that were already in a band to ask me to be in their band and then finally Jeff asked me and I was like all right here we go this is the one band that I'll ever be in okay (laughs) got it got it um Yeah. yeah it's funny Jeff is someone else that I somehow have not met either, which still blo- which still blows which still blows Dan Ozzy's mind and Chris Farron's mind. I'm like, yeah, he also lives in Southern yeah. California. It's just it's yeah. Uh, like Dan even had a party a couple weeks ago that like apparently like 20 minutes after I left, Jeff showed up, and it's I almost kind of oh, he he probably has no idea of my existence, but I like it as a bit that we haven't met yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep that up. <laughs> Yeah, see how long you can go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like ships in the night. Um, were they, when you had joined that band, were they kind of like hometown hero band? Yeah, well, it was like, well, Jeff was, I mean, with like ASOB, which was his previous band. Um, and so like Bomb the Music Industry, I kind of, I joined like when he was like starting it, the band, you know, like he had, he had like made like records himself with just like, you know, uh, kind of chip tuny like you know, uh, crazy drums and like, he just did it all himself on his computer. Um, and so like, that's what the first records sound like. They just sound like wild. Um, cause it was just him. And then when he was like, I want to tour with this and have it make sense sort of, then like he asked me to, he asked me to join the band. So I was in like the first, uh, real like incarnation of like the actual band. And I was in it for, I was in it like on and off though. Cause like I was in college still. So I was like, I can't do this tour. I can't do that tour. Then he moved to Athens, Georgia for a while. And so like, you know, then he was playing with other people. But then when he got back to New York, I would do like some tours, but then they had like an actual like solid lineup with Matt Keegan, who I don't know if you've met, he's a California guy too, but he's from San Jose. Um, 
He's great. He lives in Australia now, so you're probably never going to meet him, but uh, <laughs> he's a good guy. Okay. And, uh, but he, he joined as their, like, permanent keyboard player. Okay. Um, and so that was, like, they had, like, a solid group of people that could do, like, you know, could, like, devote their lives to, like, touring. Um, and that was when, like, my stuff was kind of, like, veering off, so I, I needed to focus on me stuff, and so... Yeah. Did, uh, so I was no longer in the band. Uh, did, did, uh, <laughs> did you did you play on records though? Like, are are you on any of the the L, like the LPs? I'm I'm on uh, like singing, okay. but I I didn't uh, none of the instruments are me. Okay, because one of the one of the questions yeah. I like to ask people is what their first recording experience was. I'm assuming that you and your sister at seven did not record a demo. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> There's no recording of our one song. Yeah. Which is a self-titled song beef, beef whiplash <laughs> where did, um, where, by the but, way where did beef whiplash come from by the way if you remember we just thought it sounded so tough it, you know? it sounds pretty tough <laughs> it really does we were just like what is like the craziest toughest toughest nails song uh band name that we could think of and it was beef whiplash which i mean it's still it's pretty good yeah um but yeah i feel like the first recordings I was on was for sure with, with Jeff. I mean, like, I would, like, record myself on my, like, little, like, dinky Dell computer, like, the little external microphone, and just to, like, you know, remember songs, and I would do, like, Elliot Smith covers, like, in my basement, like a loser. Um, but then, like, Jeff actually, like, recorded me, you know, in his apartment, but, like, in a real microphone. Yeah. <laughs> So that was cool. What uh do you ha- do you have many memories of that like or I also like to just kind of ask people um if you feel like you kind of thrive more in a recording studio or do you prefer the the songwriting or do you prefer the just kind of like live performance? Like do you do you have memories of like what it felt like to be like okay, now I have to record and sort of the pressures of that? Well, it was always so loose because it was Jeff. So, like, he was, like, one of my best friends um, then and still, you know. So, like, we just have, like, a very close relationship. I trust him, you know, and, like, I, I, I can be goofy around him and I can be serious when I'm singing and not feel embarrassed. And so, like, it was just such a safe environment. And it was always, like, in my home or his home, like, in, like, my mom's bathroom, you know, like, just, like, things like that where it was just, like, we were just in, like, safe places. We felt comfortable with each other. And so, like, that is, that's what I try to bring into recording experiences. Um, I've had, like, other recording experiences where, like, I didn't have that environment. And so, like, those are people that I'll, you know, never work with again. But, like, um, you know, like, my last record, I mean, my, my, my second record, uh, I did with this guy, Eric Bennett, and he's, like, fucking such a great guy and I had such a beautiful experience with him and like uh then Jeff produced my fourth record um and then like the engineer was this guy Joe Rogers who I was just like I loved so much he was so sweet so then he ended up doing my the, my fifth record Joe Rogers because I was like this rocks and we just recorded in my mom's house and then my last record that I just did um I did with John and Yellow and it was like awesome it was it was the same thing like we were just cultivating this like nurturing atmosphere and that that's what I need because like I really honestly don't like recording to like answer your question yeah. that you were asking before like my favorite thing is writing like I love writing then I love practicing <laughs> and then I love like being on tour but everything about tour except the show that's like my favorite part of tour <laughs> it's like wake up get a coffee that rocks drive all day fucking love it like get the snacks that you want great load in we're all having a good time sound check we're all having fun we're friends the show i don't want to do that <laughs> you might literally be the only person i've ever met who prefers the hurry up and wait instead of actually performing i do yeah I do. Uh, I love just like I love the I love the days. I yeah. love the days on tour. Like the day is my favorite part. Like and like loading out. I love like getting to the hotel, checking into the hotel. What? It's always funny. <laughs> it's like always something crazy happens, and then like you know finding a safe place to park. What's that going to be like? And then like <laughs> you know everybody goes to sleep. We have fun, and then we wake up in the morning and we do it all over again. And if the show doesn't happen. That's fine. Wow. 
Wow. I am truly, yeah. truly fascinated by that. That is awesome. <laughs> we, uh, the, the band I play in, we're, we're, we just had announced the support tour we're doing and, um, we're trying to figure out for sure if like, cause we're direct support for it. We were told that our set is potentially 35 minutes and we we're like, that feels, that feels kind of short, but like, could that be right? You know? Sure, yeah. And, and, it, and that's what we're talking about. It's like, man, it's like, you know, 12 hour drive, 10 hour drives to play for 35 minutes. It's like, it's a short amount of time, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, cause that's the thing. It's like you, you spend so much time in the van. You spend so much time after loading, just sitting around waiting to sound check. And I just love that. That's all your favorite part. That's, that's the, yeah. that's the purest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So thank you, Laura, for that. <laughs> hanging out with my friends and like thinking about where coffee's gonna be and like where we're gonna eat and like just every I just love the days like I'm just like I'm getting like excited thinking about it because like that's that's my favorite part of tour is just like the move the movement aspect of it right like, it feels really good and then like once I get home I'm like oh no I'm so sad for like a really long time what uh <laughs> do you remember what was your first tour I I've, obviously I'm assuming we bombed the, bombed the music industry yeah, we did. We went as far west as Minneapolis. Okay. Minneapolis was our big show. We were going to play the Triple Rock, and that was a big deal to us. Yeah. And so, like, everything else was, like, basements, yada, 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 kind of art spaces, whatever. But then the Triple Rock was, like, the last show. And it was, like, it was a really big deal. Like, this is that's where I, I, I got this tattoo, like, the, the next morning, because, like, we woke up and everybody was like, let's get tattoos. And everybody was still drunk. Not me because I'm like not a big drinker, but like, I was like, sure, well, let's get tattoos. Like whatever. I'm like 19 years old. And, uh, Jeff got a tattoo. So like we were seeing at the doom tree house. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> a member of doom tree that Jeff had never heard a note of his music, uh, fell asleep in our van and like slept in our van all night. His name is Cecil Otter. Yeah. He was a nice guy. He's a DJ, but, um, DJ he, guy, yeah. Yeah, he, um, he was like, Jeff was like, I'm going to get your name tattooed on my leg, and I don't want to hear any, a note of your music before I do it. So, like, uh, so Cecil Otter, I don't know what his real name is, but uh, he, like, he like wrote his his name out in, like, a, like kind of graffiti lettering, yeah. and then Jeff got it tattooed on his leg. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, everybody got everybody got something, and I got this like this lighthouse that I designed, but like you can't, it's upside down. Yeah, um, that's the first thing is that it's upside down. It's on my wrist, so I'm like, cool, that's there forever. And <laughs> I got it, and I it really just looked like an ice cream cone, like because like there's the the rocks and then the lighthouse. Oh sure. Um, but then and I got the clouds so that you can't see that it looks like a, like a, 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 an ice cream cone, but like. My mom, for years, was just like, yeah, yeah, you got the ice cream cone on your wrist. That looks real good. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) She's, like, making fun of me so much because it is so fucking stupid. Well, look, everyone's for... I, I uh, the same way that I judge um, someone's first tattoo being really good is the same way I judge, you know, like, someone's first tour being on a bus. I'm like, come on. Come on. What are you doing? (laughs) My first tattoo is literally the word pizza, which was... Which was done with a with a with a stick and oh, poke. Yeah. Actually, a broken tattoo gun. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's on my ankle. And there's been times where I'm like, I'm gonna get that thing covered up. But like, my fiance and my friends are like, if you get that covered up, you're the biggest poser ever. So yeah, because that's like a that's a part of your that's a pizza of your life, you know. That's yeah, a part it's, of a, your life. it's a pizza but of my life. I wish that I wish that was my first tattoo, but it's not. It wasn't. Okay. It's. It's worse. It's worse. Worse. Explain. Well, the location is unfortunate. Okay. For me, I was seventeen. It is on my lower back. Hey. Um. So for the rest of my life, I mean, if I got a cover up, it's still a lower back tattoo. So I have a lower back tattoo, and it is um, it is the butt of every joke of for all my friends. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, f- I mean, I'm I'm from Long Island, but. I feel like, yeah, the only real way to ever, like, quote-unquote, get rid of or take care of it is, like, to just do the full back piece. Like, you have to just commit to doing the full yeah, back. Because exactly. then it's, you're like, well, it's all exactly. blend together. But, hey. Yeah, I know. Otherwise, it's like, I mean, it could be like an, I could do my whole ass. Yeah. But then, like, 
you know, that sounds painful. I'm just like, <laughs> at this point, because it was, it's so raised, there's no way that I can have it removed. Because, like, the guy just carved it into my fucking skin. Like, he did, he did such a horrible job. Like, it, I can still feel it. This is, like, 20 years later, yeah. I can still feel it. Like, I'm feeling it right now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I went with my friend Jackie. And Jackie was going to get Angelina Jolie's um, dragon. Okay. But she didn't, she chickened out. Because she, like, loved Angelina Jolie. Like, really loved her. And I didn't really know what I wanted. But I had $100. And I was like, I'm going to get a tattoo today. We didn't go to school. And we went to Tony's Tattoos in Limbrook, Long Island. Which actually ended up getting closed down because they had exotic cats in their basement. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, that place is no longer. But they got in big trouble. I'm always wondering what kind of cats they had yeah i don't really know right i don't know because it's not a big place i don't know what the basement is but uh um anyway so then i was just like i want to get this monarch butterfly and then i didn't have enough money so then i was like maybe i'll get this like little flower it's supposed it was like a thing that's supposed to wrap around your arm Mm -hmm. it's like a lotus flower but like i was like where could i get it and then uh because it was like less than a hundred dollars and uh the guy was like you should get it down there so nobody will see it and so I was like, cool idea. And then I got it on my lower back. But then, afterwards, the lower back tattoo became this, like, you know, stigmatized thing. But right. this was before that. Yeah. <laughs> but you got the you got the Long Island special where they just carve it right in there. They really, <laughs> they did, they, it was, it, they really, really brutalized me. It was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> oh, man. Um was a uh, what did well with that first tour do you remember feeling what like did you love the adventure of it or did you like how did you I mean it sounds like you love touring just in general so did you warm up to it like immediately yeah I mean it was awesome I was just making friends every day you know and like and just like people that went to those shows you know like like my friend Max Stern uh like you, you probably know he uh He's, like, still my friend to this day, but he was just, like, a, a little kid at one of those shows, and he, like, brought a trumpet, because it was, like, bring your own instrument, and so people could, like, come and play on stage with us. It was a clusterfuck. Yeah. But, like, you know, he, he came and played on stage, and that was, like, such a big formative deal for him, you know, because that was before he was actually, like, playing music himself, and so, um, just, like, things like that, where it's just, like, there's just so many beautiful memories of just, like, the people that we met, the places that we ate, you know? I tried Waffle House for the first time, you know, things like that. Yeah. Formidable, <laughs> truly formidable things. The Waffle House. I understand. Yeah. I, lo- I love, yes. I love Waffle House. I, I truly do. I truly yeah. do. Um, my body doesn't like it, but my heart does. Yeah. Who's asking your body though, you know? Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, uh, when you mentioned the triple rock, I had this memory, the, uh, the very first time that I, I played a show there. Um, we were just being, we were just excited. We were happy to be there. And it happened to be the same night as the town, I guess, had like a zombie pub crawl where everybody dressed like zombies and did a pub crawl. And we were like, that looks really fun. So we decided to make ourselves look like zombies to participate. And we played the show looking like zombies. Afterwards, we find out that like everybody who was like at the show is like, we fucking hate this pub crawl. It's so embarrassing, kind of a thing. So we just went up there and just looked like assholes, and no one. And because we got out there, we looked at the crowd. We're like, no one out here looks like zombies. This, I think we made a mistake. (laughs) We just horribly embarrassed ourselves. Not a zombie in sight. Yeah, not a zombie in sight. We went out there and everyone's just like, what are these fucking assholes doing? not good i love it um, i love it my last memory at, at the triple rock was um i i was going through a martini phase and i tried to order a martini from the bartender and he just like slow blinked at me <laughs> and was just like i mean i can make you a martini if that's what you really want and i was like no thanks i'll just have a beer <laughs> you're like this man or you could have it i'll just Pour me a beer and I'll give it to you. Like, totally. You want. <laughs> this man is going to give you a Sprite when throwing olive in there or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, he hated me so much. I was like, listen, I don't want it in a martini glass. Just put it in a rocks glass. I was just like, I'm going through a martini phase. I don't know why. Sure. It's just the phase I'm going through. <laughs> uh, my fa- I think my favorite thing about it was, uh, about that venue was their, they had a, the arcade game Sunset Riders, um, like near the bathroom. And that was like my childhood mm-hmm. favorite arcade game. So like, Aww. I would literally, I would literally, it was like always at the pizza shop that my pops used to take me to when I was a little kid. So like, Aww. as soon as we loaded in and sound checked, I was like, guys, I'll be at Sunset Riders until doors. So <laughs> if you need me, I'll be over there. Because it was also free Aww. for us to play. So I it was like that. the best. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, you, start, you you mentioned you started playing guitar when you were when you were 18. How soon after that did I? I, your Wikipedia tells your age, so we're very close in age. I'm one year older than you, so oh, okay. so you started. So your first record uh, came out in 2008. So uh, were you like playing guitar, like like well, I guess after knowing piano as well as you did, did guitar come pretty easily to the point where like you were making songs pretty quickly? Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like I understood theory, you know, I understood what chords went with what just because I was like a musical person, I guess. But like, you know, I, I learned, I, I learned the, the bulk of the just kind of regular standard chords. I mean, I'm still like not a fancy guitar player. Like when someone's like, is that like a diminished whatever fucking sus for 15? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I just put my pinky somewhere then on a string that sounded good. Yeah, totally. Whatever. But like, and I use a capo all the way up to like the tenth fret. Like I am like I have no shame with my capo game. But like, you know, I it 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 I guess maybe came easier just because I I I was kind of like had a trained trained like musical ear somewhat. Um, and then like finger picking, I think was what um, I really brought from my piano playing. You know, just like kind of like having like a an ability to kind of like move around and I really, really like finger picking. That's like my main, my main thing that I like to do, especially on electric guitar because it sounds so beautiful. Sure. And with that first record, um, and I know you put it on Asian man was, uh, was that uh, like a completely new experience recording that record? Uh, Like having to track guitar, did you do any of it like kind of live, like, uh, track, like do guitar and vocals live or, um, do you have many memories from that first experience of like doing your first solo record? Yeah, I do. I mean, um, we, we did it song by song. So like, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't do like layer, like, like we'll do like all the basics, yada, yada, yada. It was not that kind of a record. And it sounds like that. It's like very piecemeal. Um, so like we would just like, I, it was Mike, my, the guy I ended up marrying who was in my band first. Um, he, it was his high school friend who, like, lived in, in like, a loft in Brooklyn and, and, like, had a tape machine and whatever, and so, like, he, he knew how to do stuff, and so I would just go over to his apartment when I was, like, back from school, you know, so, like, we'd start at, like, 4 o'clock and just, like, and, and go as, as late as we could, but, yeah, so, like, there's some songs that I did, the vocals, I overdubbed, but, like, a lot of them I just... I, it was just me and an acoustic guitar in like the the bottom layer, you know, and then we added things on top, and so it's 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 it was all like layers basically, like the entire record. And then the last three tracks on the Asian Man release I did after the fact because okay. like the 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 first record came out on quote unquote, which was Jeff's label, and okay. it was only eight songs or something. And then Mike Park was like, "Oh, I want to I want to like press this," and I was like, and, we like add some extra tracks to make it like you know a special thing and i was like eh, sure we'll figure, it out. <laughs> we'll figure out something and i think jeff recorded all that stuff um yeah i think those three songs i'm trying to remember i don't even remember but yeah so it, it the whole thing was definitely a piecemeal thing so I, I i had no um idea when i was making my second record like how you're actually supposed to make records and what have you what have you found uh, works for you? Like, what do you, what, what's, and since I guess that, like, have you sort of done the same thing every time? Like the same sort of, um, we do this first and then we do this kind of a thing or, or what's, uh, what works best for you these days? Well, my, my last record that I put out before the one that's about to be out, um, it's called the big freeze. And that I did the same way that I did my first record, Okay. um, where it was piecemeal song by song, and then we were just layering and kind of just, like, taking our time and, like, really kind of exploring each song. You know what I mean? And there was, like, there was barely all any drums were added after the fact. Poor guy. Like That's wild. <laughs> like, like, to just, like, have to, pl- like, to play to. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And, I've, like, my sense of, like, my inner tempo is, like, really horrible. So, like, I feel I, I, I felt so bad. Because he, he, he was a jazz drummer. Because I'm assuming you weren't playing to. A, I'm assuming you weren't playing to a click when he uh, when he was. No. There. No. <laughs> no way. I like. The, I mean, like, there's there's songs on other records I played on a click, but. No. Yeah, I like that. I like that his uh, his way of handling is uh, he's a jazz drummer. He can he can he can, yeah. he can make this work. Yeah. <laughs> he's 
like, he's just listening, you know? I was just like, uh, okay, this is where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was like, that That was the, the perfect drummer for that specific project. Uh, but yeah, so, but then like this, this last one um, was like basics with a band, you know, for the most part on the, with the full band songs. Um, and we just like, me and Mike, the bass player, who I'm also married to, and then Sammy, the drummer, we just like spent a long time doing pre-production you know just like getting everything as tight as we could and then just we could bang it out like as quickly as possible because I was pregnant and I didn't know how long it was going to take and like so I just wanted to be fully prepared and not have like grueling days in the studio feeling like disheartened you know what I mean (laughs) so hold on Adobe's telling me they want to update no No way way. remind me later yeah um out of uh, there's a slight chance I might embarrass myself really quick. So you're hu- you're mentioning your husband Mike. Is he the is he the one that played in like Ladderman and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'm not yeah. embar- I'm not embarrassing myself. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I, I think I played a show uh, with him on our first trip to New York ever with his band The Brass. That was like <gasps> oh shit. Yeah, we played a, we played a, we played the Glass Door. I remember and uh, oh oh my god, I was at that show. Were you? How about yeah, that? wait, did Barry set it up? Yeah, yes. Barry? Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I and I uh was so starstruck because I was such a such a big on the Mighty Princess fan. So playing with oh, so yeah. playing with oh, the yeah. brass was like really extra special. So yeah. yeah. And this what, what a special band. They tr- were crazy. Truly do. <laughs> uh were they like are, were they like one of the locals that were uh probably around when you were when you were uh well I guess they on the Mud of Francis? Yeah. 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 I, I love yeah. that band. But, like, they were, like, they were they were a little bit, like, further out east. Like, I feel like the kind of, like, more, like, punk and hardcore was, like, out east. And then, like, the Nassau County scene was, like, a little bit more ska. So, like, that was kind of, like, where I hung out. <laughs> fair. Fair. You know? Yeah. The, <laughs> Admittedly. Yeah. All the, all the Long Island people I know are all, like, the, uh, the, the, that this is hell's the glass jaws the the movie life's like that that sort of mm-hmm. that sort of world um yeah. but uh okay great well that's cool uh tell tell uh tell your husband i said hi and that i appreciate his music because i like all those bands a yeah. lot yeah hell yeah fucking the brass like oh i watched i watched videos of of them playing and they were like really it was like lightning in a bottle kind of like it was so wild they were like out of out of their minds really it was like and just like the very small amount of output they had each song was like so incredible yeah it was just it was just the two seven inches it was just the two seven inches right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um awesome well so uh, and also I'll, i'll take this time to uh to admit this to you so i uh i've always known and been been aware of you as a as an artist as like because of all of our mutual friends but i hadn't ever owned a record or anything like that and just a couple weeks ago when you put up the first single for this new record that song state i was like so so taken back by it it's it's genuinely like one of the one of my favorite songs i've heard this year um so then that immediately made me be like Yo, I want to. I want to talk to this person. <laughs> so I've been. I've been doing my best to do to do uh, as much research as I can in just a short amount of time. But um, but uh, I was curious with this new record that's coming. Um, how long has it been done? Uh, and like, did you have to sit on it for a minute before releasing it? Like with obviously this last year that we had. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like I was planning on sitting on it for a while because like I recorded it while I was pregnant, um, and so like. You know, it was, like, November when we started recording, and I had the baby in March, so I was like, okay, then when I'm, like, ready to kind of, like, get out there, I, I was just giving myself the time, and, like, you know, I knew I was going to do it on the label that I had been working with for, like, the past five records, so, like, they were, you know, like, flexible and whatever, so I was like, well, we'll figure it out, and then it was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't put this out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tour at all, so it feels like a million years old, also because these songs are from 2000. 18 mostly like that I, I wrote so like I wrote them like before even the last record was out so wow. it was just like it feels like a lifetime ago honestly but I guess it was only three years ago but it feels like a lifetime <laughs> lots changed yeah have you uh 
in between there, have you been writing songs at all or have you just been kind of focusing on family in during this time? Yeah, I mean, I have like zero time, unfortunately, to write, which is like uh, really not good for my brain. But um, I've I've written one I've written one complete song basically uh, since the everything. Yeah. So that's that's like really not a place that I like being in. But now I just started sleeping like three weeks ago. We're sleeping through the night now, so like I'm not using my spare time for naps now so like now I can actually like well once I'm done with like press stuff with this record I'll have like I think like a two hour window during the days that I can actually focus on me which will be sure nice no I understand (laughs) yeah because like we can't we can't put her in daycare you know like we were that was the plan it was just like okay and then we'll like put her in daycare like you know two or three days a week for a couple hours so like I can get some shit done but like now it's like Wow, we're just full on, yeah, full on home. But I guess that's everybody. So whatever. Sure. And you're you have you've announced dates uh, for tour. You're I know you're doing support for. Is it Lucy Dacus? You're supporting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, is that the first shows uh, that you'll have with this new record? Or are you doing any headline dates? We're doing. Oh, so I'm doing two shows in late july so that's like right before the record comes out so i don't know if i should play any songs from it or whatever of but course those are solo you, you also should. so like you should. should i okay yeah. all right yeah all right i will um i'm playing a show actually on friday um this coming friday and yes and that'll be so, your, is that your first one since uh since everything how you yeah, how you feeling yeah. about it um i feel okay because it's like a community show you know like it's like on the creek like um it's in my, like, you know, the area where I live, so, like, it's, like, friends, you know, neighbors, and then, like, I did I did a post about it, so, like, there will be, like, some fans, but, like, it's kind of a hike, you know, like, it's kind of in the middle of kind of nowhere, so, like, I, maybe just the diehards will come, but, um, so that'll be, that'll be nice, and I, I might do, I was trying to practice today a little bit, um, so I might do, like, one or two of the, the newies, but, um, That'll be cool. Maybe I don't know if I have the guts, I'll do it. But then I mean, it sounds, the Lucy shows are... That, that sounds like a perfect <laughs> show to kind of, like, get the cobwebs off, if anything. Because, you know, it's like with family and yeah. friends. It's like, pro- you know, you could not feel like you're, you know, having to, I don't know, just impress a bunch of people yeah. you don't know. Exactly. That's that's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. It, but, but maybe my neighbors will see me play and they'll be like, oh, that's what she does for a living? <laughs> Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> is there something um, is there something kind of yeah. awesome about about having the those sort of people in your life, like the neighbors or like maybe the barista down the street that you go to that like maybe has no idea what you do for for a living? Oh yeah, isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. But like then then if they do find out, then I'm like, oh god, they're gonna like think I'm such a loser. But like I don't know. Some like if if they like Google me, usually like the time now like the tiny desk comes up and oh, so yeah. like that I feel like is like more impressive than like me just like playing in some bar and it sounds like shit you know what I mean so like that's like one of the first videos that comes up now so I'm like all right that's cool that looks legit uh but before that it was like oh don't google me please <laughs> my uh the downstairs <laughs> neighbor the downstairs neighbor in my apartment uh who's well aware that the the music I make is very aggressive and I yell she's always like you should go on the voice like, I love that. Like for what? <laughs> for and do what? And she's like, and I'm like, not. Uh, and I, you know, I'm polite. I'm like, uh, you know, it's just not that kind of music. And they're like, oh, they have all different kinds of music on there now. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> but, but yeah, I get that a lot from like my aunts. A lot of my aunts are like, oh, you know what? The the masked singer. And um, <laughs> just like name all these these shows, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be on that show. Yeah. I wouldn't win. I would not win. What am I going to go on a show and I know I'm not going to win? Right. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right, Laura, I like to, I like to, uh, to have this question for, for my guest, uh, as a last one. So, um, when was the first time that you felt like you were doing the thing that you had been working so hard towards? That to me is like an interesting question because I, simultaneously felt it right away and I also am like waiting for it to feel it you know what I mean like I I felt it at like our first big 
show, um, which now in retrospect wasn't even a big show. It was probably tiny. I'm like, the place is closed down. It was like across from Fenway Park. It's called Bill's Bar. Um, and we played, we played with Bond, the music industry. Uh, it was like the Scrambles release show. That was like a record that um, Jeff had put out, and I did a lot of singing on it, so he asked me to also open for the, for the show. And I think the brass played, actually. Um, so it was like a special, it was special. Uh, and just the audience was just, just so kind and so enthusiastic and just like kind of hanging on every word. And just like, it felt like such a magical thing. And this was, you know, 2008. Or, so it was like, it was early, early. Um, and that was like, oh, okay, this could be what it is. This, this is what it could be. And so that was like, a special thing but then like thinking about it like I'm always like I don't know uh, I'm, I'm always kind of waiting for it to really feel like the thing you know but like it felt like it right away also at the same time so it's like <laughs> is, that, right. is that a weird <laughs> ellipsis no <laughs> I get that no I, I totally get that um and yeah it's like I'm sure with that show too it's, you know, obviously with the music you're making and playing some, you know, I'm assuming probably between the brass and bomb the music industry, which yeah. are loud, <laughs> loud bands that like, you know, to you, you probably go into it knowing like, oh, people might be talking during this or, or things like that. But the fact that you had an, the audience's attention is special, you know, and yeah. I'm sure you I'm sure those moments aren't lost on you when you're when you're playing a club, you know, when you when you get that attention like that. I'm sure that's yeah. a very fulfilling feeling. When the room is when the room is quiet and you're like, oh, this is really nice because it feels like everybody cares. But then, like you know, you have shows where like somebody at the bar is just like screaming to their friend, or like somebody right in front is just like screaming to their friend because because the monitor's too loud. They're leaning on the monitor and they're just yelling to their friend, and so like those moments, they really hurt. <laughs> but you, you just you. You, you, you like the, you know, you, you just hold out for the, the beautiful, quiet, magical moments. And and the Waffle House that will likely come yeah. sometime yes, exactly. after. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. I really, I really yeah. enjoyed this. Thank you for your time. Thank you. This was really fun. Hell yeah. And that's our show. Thank you so much to Laura for hanging out. Thank you for listening. And if you have not subscribed to this podcast, head on over to Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this and hit the old subscribe button. And if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing the podcast, it truly helps a lot. All right. I will see you next week. Have a nice day.